Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to DNVR Fantasy. Boy, that was a wild week three. It uh, sure was. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in all of the land. Join in MLB playoffs right now. NFL, obviously. NBA Finals starting up. No better time to become a uh, member and jump on all their sweet offers. Yeah, so fantasy yeah. owners, lots to prepare for in this one. We've got two teams that we don't have lines on because there's maybe a COVID situation. So, you know, Titans and uh, what was the other team? Minnesota? Uh, well, it was the Minnesota Vikings that they were facing that they have to get positive tests on. But when you think about it, this isn't just about the Titans, it's about the, who the Titans are playing this week, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, from what I've been reading, uh, they may just be treating this as essentially an early bye week. And then during their bye week, they would replay this matchup if they weren't able to play it. But it's three players and five staff members. And if it stays at those numbers, then they'll go ahead and play the game. The only problem is we don't know who the players are. If it's an important guy like an A.J. Brown, a Ryan Tannehill, a Derrick Henry and it's only three players and they play the game, then uh, you're just SOL and it counts as an injury. Um, hopefully your league has a provision for the um, like COVID IR so that you can yep. you know, stash a guy, pick someone up, all that sort of good business. Yeah, but, we should mention the Titans have placed defensive tackle Daquan Jones, long snapper Bo Brinkley, and tight end Tommy Hudson on the reserve COVID list. Okay, so... So they can't wow. say as much, but we can assume those are the three players, right? Yeah, but yeah. if you think about position groups and how they, like, you know, they practice together, um, I would still kind of be concerned about Jonu Smith if you're a Jonu Smith owner, so... Yeah, that tight end If room. it's a tight end, Or yes. the long snapper is... Exactly. Every special teamer involved. We saw this happen. We saw this happen. First college football game of the year, the Austin P versus Central Arkansas... All three long snappers weren't allowed to play because of contact tracing. It just destroyed the game. The quarterback was punting most of the way. Um, craziness. It is craziness. So, I and, mean, as always, you know, yeah. it's just a deeper fantasy mm -hmm. year, man. It will be interesting to see what happens, though. Like, what happens when you can't practice for a week and you have to play a game because they aren't allowed into the facilities? I, I We are going to learn a lot because I still think that you can play. Like, you don't need to practice to play. I mean as crazy as it sounds in any other year it's this is going to be yeah. what happens and this is going to be our first taste of what does it look like when a team doesn't practice for a yep. week and has to go play football yep. how does that change the lines going forward right. uh, this isn't a betting podcast though it is something I'll be thinking about though yeah for sure and so I just wanted to put that kind of as a frame of mind like already it's been a wacky season this just means you need to adjust and you know, follow along with the show even more. And this will be a typical Tuesday show. We're going to run through all the games, see who stood out, who disappointed us, run through some bets that might have been won and lost, look ahead to some season-long bets where maybe things are going one way or the other. So we started off with this wacky Thursday night. We were bullish on the Jags. Mm -hmm. We got humbled a bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. James Robinson was the one saving grace for the Jags. Really, really, really nice game. Now, it helps he got into the end zone twice. Wasn't great as a runner. Um, we did say pick Miles Gaskin up 
Ooh. But don't start him. He wasn't a start, but he was definitely a have on your roster. Can I get some um, love on this? On Gaskin? Yeah. I, I call this as a pick him up early so that next week when you're going to have to spend solid fab or use a high waiver wire priority, you already have him. Yep. So maybe that you didn't happen. start him. Perfect. He still had a decent number of points, but his involvement in that game was uh, I was pretty big, man. He had yeah. 22 rushing attempts and five receptions. Like, yeah, that's good. And I, I get that you know the Dolphins aren't the best team necessarily, but at the same time, that is that's volume, and you love volume no matter what. Yeah, and how many 20-point leads will they be nursing and running the ball 22 times? But still, valuable to have when there's such a lack of depth at the running back position. You can't just let me have this W. The other <laughs> – no, I can't. The other uh, standout, Keelan Cole here for the Jags. Fine. Um, on the Dolphins' side, Mike Gusecki barely salvaged his day with one touchdown. Yeah. If not, it was going to be disastrous for the Dolphins. Very talented tight end. He was he was a hot name coming into the week though. Yeah, and yep, and it'll yep. be interesting to see what happens from here. It, were, were the last couple of weeks more of a fluke, um, or was this week the fluke? I mean, he did get the t- touchdown though, which did salvage things for him. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, that was huge, 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 huge. We should mention Lavisca a bit disappointing. Yeah. yeah, obviously the Jacks weren't able to do what they wanted to do in this one. Yeah, but still, S- still James Robinson believer. had yeah. two touchdowns. He had what I think like. 13, 14 touches. Yeah, no. You would I have mean, liked to see Visca get a little portion of touches. that as well. Yeah. yeah. Didn't expect that for James Robinson to kind of steal that show. Are you concerned about Chris Thompson, guy? No. Oh, am I concerned? Uh, well, hold up. I'll reframe this. Am I concerned about if I have Chris Thompson and how he's going to fit into that offense? Or am I concerned about, as a LaVisca owner, whether Chris Thompson is affecting his... No. As a Chris Thompson owner, are you concerned that oh. he is not good to own in fantasy anymore? I'm sorry, if you still own Chris Thompson, you should have dropped him a minute ago. There shouldn't be Chris Thompson owners right you're now. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. You're Unless you're in a Chris super Thompson. deep, like 14, 16 dynasty, something or other. I know I wouldn't have Chris Thompson. They've already kind of shown that he's not really a part of the plan. Like James Robinson gets catches. LaVisca Chanel obviously is like their gadget style of player. Yeah. Chris Thompson just doesn't really have yeah. a place on that team right now, barring a significant injury. But even when that that uh, that running back uh, position was up for grabs, it was James Robinson that took it, and he's a rookie, and he wasn't even a highly drafted rookie. So, no, I don't have any faith in Chris Thompson. He belongs on on the waiver wire. He yep. was kind he of a sleeper for you at the beginning of the season. I know. Season. I was actually pretty pissed <laughs> that I didn't get him mightily. on a couple other teams, and you know, worked out. You can't win them all, Dre. Let's just get this out the way. Buccaneers, Broncos, <sighs> very few fantasy takes. Obviously, with all the Broncos injuries, with no Drew Locke, there's no one you can justify starting right now. I, I still have optimism in the second half of the season for Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Fant, you're still going to be able to start in certain spots, but that's about it. Yeah. I From mean, the- we're going to have to see going forward who the quarterback is. Have they made an announcement yet? Oh, yeah, Rippin. it's Brett Rippon. Okay. And then, I mean, obviously, they'd signed Blake Bortles for a reason. So there's a chance that, you know... You have to see who he develops chemistry with, you know. Does yeah, he like tight ends? Does he like I slot mean, receivers? Does he like outside receivers? How's he going to, you know. Fair enough to stay away from all of them until at Drew At this Locke point, returns. yeah. Like, I would hold on to Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, um, keep them on the bench just in case, you yep. know, because they're, yep. they're going to have some involvement in the offense. But I wouldn't play them until I was sure just how much and, like, what kind of roles they would be playing. Um, outside of that, Melvin Gordon had a disappointing week. And, honestly, I think – the book is out on how to beat the Broncos, and that is, you know, with Show consistent the pressure. And they're not like their screen game is non-existent. So I don't see how Melvin Gordon really has a path towards fancy yeah, production when gonna he's just going to be facing stacked fronts. He's going to be facing stacked fronts all the time. And, and the thing is, like that really was a great front seven. And also, Melvin Gordon only had eight carries, and so there was like the chance that with more volume, but I still don't think against that front seven anything good was going to happen. Now you have Phil Lindsay coming back, so whatever carries he gets are going to be cut in half. Yeah, just stay away from this offense. Yeah. I'm not sure from a fantasy perspective the Buccaneers' offense is that much more exciting. Brady has a good day. 
all of a sudden we go back to Ronald Jones getting the majority of the touches and not Leonard Fournette. At this point, you should just be betting like, okay, Ronald Jones had a big week. Now I'm going to play Leonard Fournette. Leonard, Leonard Fournette had a big week. Now I'm going to play Ronald Jones. Just right. like seesaw back and forth. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, yeah, I wouldn't want either. It's yeah. a bad backfield. Scotty Miller has the most receiving yards, but it's mostly just off one play. Godwin and Evans both have touchdowns and kind of salvage what we're uh, underwhelming days otherwise. Well, the thing is, uh, so Godwin went down with an injury, and it looks like it's going to be a decent amount of time. Again. Yeah, and one of the other receivers, I'm blanking on his name, but I'll look it up here in a second, he went down as well. So really, Scotty Miller looks like he's in line for some solid production. So in terms of waiver wire pickups, uh, Scotty Miller for me is probably a top three in terms of wide receivers. So I would keep an eye on that for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy, though, to see that Tom Brady threw the ball 38 times and there still weren't any receivers that you really wanted to have. I mean, Chris yeah. Godwin has a solid day, but mostly because of the touchdown. Just because of that touchdown. And now he, he's gone. Maybe Mike Scotty Evans? Miller falls in. Can we talk about Mike Evans' yeah. stat line yeah. in this one? Two receptions, yeah. two yards, two touchdowns? It's kind of ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, you're glad you got those points, but I would be pretty concerned moving forward if I was a Mike Evans owner, man. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's only, yeah, I mean... Like, he's getting red zone looks that's cool and all, but at the same time, like... Well, with Godwin's injury, you're going to talk yourself back into Evans. I mean, if you have Evans, there's no, like, not starting him. But, yeah, you're... I mean, I would try to trade him. That's my point, though, is that you you take that stat line and you see the underlying, like, what it means, the significance in how he was used, and then you use that to try and trade him because Who's, this i think is like the highest his value is going to get to be honest where's that what's the range of like an acceptable trade target for mike evans uh like calvin ridley that's probably shooting too what? high yeah, dalvin no, cook no one's gonna yeah. accept that uh dalvin, dalvin cook? cook yeah Who would potentially you rather, mike evans I, I would take dalvin, dalvin cook. cook i'd take I dalvin would take cook. dalvin cook so if you could get uh, that offer sure <laughs> that means you're probably how, not getting how things it. have changed in a week uh, um, yeah Bears, Falcons, I can't believe the Falcons did this to me again. By the way, I'm winning that Calvin Ridley bet so easily. He's the number one fantasy receiver in that offense. Todd Gurley, good day, 14 carries, 80 yards, a touchdown. And then on the Chicago side, Allen Robinson plays really well. Jimmy Graham has two touchdowns. And Nick Foles, obviously, is the story of the week. The other story on the Chicago side is Tyree Cohen out which is good for David Montgomery owners, though Montgomery still has yet to look half decent. Right. I think yeah. you also kind of glossed over uh, Jimmy Graham having a decent day as well. I Two think touchdowns, it was, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 60 yards receiving. Um, so in a week that was like a lot of the very big names for tight ends um, were extremely disappointing, and there are some that have just been disappointing in general on the season. Uh, I think Jimmy Graham is one to definitely look at, especially considering that Nick Foles is now named the starter there in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Graham Robinson and Ant Miller all had a touchdown once Foles came in. So yeah. you mean he means a lot to that passing offense and the playmakers and mm-hmm. that offense being able to be a viable fantasy starters there. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, what I'm most interested from this game, though, is the Falcons running backs. And where do we Ooh. stand there? Because Brian Hill does, did have a touchdown in this one, right? He did. He yeah. did, but like I saw him drop some passes, man, and he didn't look particularly explosive. I think, I mean, if if I'm the coaches looking at that, you know, I, I would be leaning on Gurley a little bit more just because I think he's more uh, dependable. Um, I was down on Gurley going into this game, and now I look like a fool, but, you know, let's just add that to the reasons of mm-hmm. why I look like a fool. But... Um, I, I would be a little more hyped for Todd Gurley moving forward after that. Touchdowns this or touches this week, Todd Gurley 15 to Brian Hill 10. Which way would you expect that to trend? Do you think more touches for Todd Gurley guy? That's my point, yes. Because okay. I think that Todd Gurley is going to get more looks because Brian Hill was like, yes, he had the touchdown, but like Clock's I said, drop passes and on stuff. a Todd Gurley injury. Just yeah. saying. 6.4 well. yards per carry for Hill. Brian Hill was Todd, always, Todd Gurley ran well as always well, my favorite uh, handcuff coming into the year. And maybe so. this is another instance of trying to sell high on a guy while he's still healthy. Mm-hmm. He's getting decent production. And you just look at the Falcons offense. like They're always having to put up points because no yep. lead is safe with them. Yep. So Todd Gurley, he's a sell-high well, candidate. With how much of a need there is for running backs, if you're one of the few teams in your league that stack that running back, definitely try to move Todd Gurley. Yep. I think that'd be a good idea. 
quick story time corner for us. Oh, I love this. When I, oh, I, I first moved to the States, you know, it was early, just a, a, a teen, you know. Um, I pull up to a Taco Bell drive-thru late night, you know, how as one will do wow. from time to time. How did you know to do that? That's just what happened. Huh. And um, the the young man working behind the counter looked at me and said, where the trees at? Which had a different context from uh, <laughs> me asking our producer guy, where the trees at in Rams Bills? Because Bobby Trees had a good game. But Come my man, on. Cooper Cup won me a bet this week. You where he was. Those Let's stat go. lines Let's are go. so incredibly close. They think they were one yard off in terms of total production. If you include rushing and receiving, they're one yard off. So, yeah, PPR is going to give him the edge on those receptions. Yeah. I think by, you know, he had four more receptions, but they had almost identical numbers of yards. Both had a four touchdown. Four more receptions, four more targets. And I will say that was Tredavious White that Robert Woods had to go up against. I he think at this it. point... Sure, Dre, we'll give it to you, all right? You won the bet. I do just want to point out, though, that Robert Woods, moving forward, I hope that this silenced doubters, and I hope that moving forward you can Dude. have more confidence in him because he's the real goddamn deal. Well, man. and Higby, too. Higby proved last week you oh. got to start him. Actually, Darryl, I'd like to talk about Higby. I would Darryl like to talk about Higby. Henderson, massive yep. game. Good yep. call by yeah. you. Terrell Henderson was great. I, I do want to talk about Higby, though. Not starting Higby. Devontae Freeman. Good call by you. Pat yourself on the back for a second. Let's talk about Higby. Lay it on me, yeah. bro. Uh, Higby, in the last three weeks, he has three, five, and then two receptions. Last week he had three touchdowns. Yep. The other two weeks he had zero touchdowns. Mind I don't. Touchdowns? This isn't the guy that you necessarily drafted, though. I mean, he's incredibly touchdown dependent, but like, yes, he's his not production when, right in a, in a game <laughs> when there was so much offensive production happening for him to only get two receptions. Well, and you're that's disappointing something for sure. Really important. We liked Higby because the final what like eight six games of last year he yeah. was producing like a top six tight end. Right, but he was getting yards and he was getting receptions. Right, right, he had right. Two so in a game where they two. scored thirty two points. Exactly. exactly. Uh, that's that's concerning for me, and that's a guy that you probably took in what the fifth sixth round, something like that. I mean, again, he killed it yeah. last week for you, but you're right. It, you're kind of lucky that he killed it last week because he still has value while there are some cracks. <laughs> That's being what I'm saying. The I other mean, thing is, three though, touchdowns like, weeks aren't going to happen very often. So. But this Rams yeah, offense, like, awesome. some guys are going to have three touchdown weeks. This is sure, one of the sure, best offenses sure, in football. They're sure, putting up almost 30 points per game, and that's going to continue. And I think that maybe the yards and the touches are going to kind of ebb and flow for everybody. The touchdowns will, too. I'm not ready to sell on Higby yet. It is a great offense, which is why I have this question for you guys. I'm in a league. Dak Prescott's my starter. Dak's been doing great for me. But Jared Goff is a free agent. Now, I don't have a backup quarterback, but Goff has been so good. I am considering picking him up just to ensure he's my backup and then having some, you know, the bottom of my the bench can, can be cleared out mm -hmm. and stuff. Would you advise that? With how good this offense has been, or you say there's I think no so. rush, huh? It, okay. It's so hard like with it. quarterbacks in that tier to to pick one, though. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that offense has been so good, and there are great. so many threats. It'd be tempting. I I, I do think it'd be safe. I, I'm not sure about the upside. I think it's safe. Right, right, I, right, yeah. right, right. I have Goff, and I'm I'm excited about him, and I I would go out of my way to try and get him at this point, especially yeah. considering. I mean, you've got guys like Matt Ryan that had dud weeks, dude. Insure him though as my backup just yeah. to have him long term. Ryan Tannehill, who well, and Dak got hurt in that well, week but... two game. Like that could have been problematic for me if he didn't mm -hmm. come back. Yeah, and then okay, Josh Allen is clearly a stud. I was. Do we wrong. even need to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, no, it's come on, man. Like, anyone drafting him as a top eight quarterback, I ridiculed you going into the year. You were absolutely right. He's a stud. I'm not even sure what to make of the rest of this offense. Gabriel Davis, I can tell you, I really well, like. The undrafted rookie out of uh, UCF was high on him pre-draft to some extent. Cole Beasley that was he decent. Should have been drafted. He's had, I think, uh, seven, seven, and six receptions. Beasley. Um, yeah, he's yeah. slightly yeah. outproduced uh, Stefan Diggs in this game, I believe. But mm. obviously, Stefan oh. Diggs had a very big week last week. Jim but I, I'm still, dud. I'm keeping my eye on Cole Beasley because he's got some, he's got some consistent usage in that offense, and um, you know, 
as a wide wide receiver too in that offense. I think that with Josh Allen having such a breakout at this point, crowded. But that's that's the thing though is that it is getting so crowded. And as good as this offense has looked, because like I'm not so sure that it can support three receivers. John Brown had a dud day after two big games. The two previous and Tyler Crawford had two touchdowns. So like those easily could have gone. Like you give an extra one. This is another point that I want to get to but later, Gabriel, but Devin Singletary. Yeah. But Gabriel Davis, too. And there are so many threats that this might be one of those offense that you kind of want to stay away from outside of Stephon Diggs because I'm not so sure that week in and week out you trust any of these guys because yeah. there are four, three, maybe four receivers who are going to get targets, and I'm not sure that this offense is at that level to support that many guys. And Singletary looked fine, but... That run game is definitely an afterthought with how efficient the passing game has uh, dude, been. Dude, I no, 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 I completely disagree with that. I think Singletary looked really good, and I think he was unfortunate to have not gotten at least one touchdown because there's one that was called back on, I believe, a holding, and there was another one where his knee went down like right at the goal line, and they had to call it back. He's very unlucky to have not gotten a touchdown, at least one, and he possibly two, and I think that he looked very good on the ground. 17 and, touches though in a game where they were up big. Uh, yeah. I know, but it's because Without the Rams. It's because the Ram came back. I, I just think, yeah, I do think that Devin Singletary. I would keep an eye on him moving forward. I, I wouldn't. You're I just wouldn't counting try to sell on him, him to hit. maximize his touches because he's not going to get 25 a game, even without yeah. Zach Moss. Another guy stealing targets from those receivers, too. Yeah, true. He got four yeah, he for got, 50. Four I'm, for what, 50. That was big. I'm selling yeah. all the receivers that I have. I I have John Brown, and I'm going to see if yeah, I you're can You're going to sell Stephon Diggs? Did you not Stephon that? Diggs. Stephon Diggs is the one who every <laughs> week you trust. But outside of that, week, yeah. I'm, I'm scared of this offense, which oh, is boy. crazy because it is putting up points. It is. too many mouths to feed. No, it's true. Yeah, it's too unpredictable right now. Um, so in that sense, I guess Singletary is maybe almost the second most reliable or third most reliable yeah. product of that yeah. offense. Mm-hmm. Washington football team against the Browns, a bit of a dud all around. I know there's some excitement for Antonio Gibson getting a rushing touchdown, but like nine carries for 49 yards, not a ton of touches. He does get three targets, but still 12 touches um, for a team that's always down. Not great. And the Browns' passing game with all those big-name players does very little. It's all about the running game, yeah. which is really all about all we care about. The Nick Chubb has a big day. It was. Yeah, who else had a big day? Come on, man. Kareem Hunt gets his touchdown. <laughs> not gonna let me have he got, his, one, he got his touchdown. He still got six. Now, yeah. three fewer carries. So what you were saying all along, you're right that – it was almost exactly the same. In fact, if you go by touches, uh, Nick Chubb has one reception, 19 carries, 20 touches. Kareem Hunt has 18. So we're right there, neck and neck. Kareem Hunt does get his receiving touchdown, looks good early, doesn't run it as effectively no. as Chubb, who also bangs in two touchdowns on the ground. That's but fine. I still think, though, that Kareem Hunt, as like the <laughs> number two option there, he's producing at such a high rate that... It's incredible. I, I can't not say something. He's yeah. still he's still a valuable flex and RB two. Flex. But oh how many God. games yeah. how many games will we have where the Browns are up big and can feed the running backs? What was that? Forty combined touches? The thirty eight? The tough part is though, I don't think he's at his best when no. he's running the ball. Like That's you almost true. He, yes, yes. The the touches will skew in his favor when they're down. But you do need him to do more when mm-hmm. they give him the ball. Like, that's just non-negotiable. You need more than 46 yards on 16 carries. Now, in the guy's defense, if I'm going to say this about Todd Gurley, I might as well say it about Nick Chubb. The injury's around the corner. So if you do have the ability to buy mm-hmm. low on Kareem Hunt or for some reason pick him up or whatever, it would be a good time to do that. Yep. Yeah, hold okay. on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> So you're talking about game script here, right? Yeah. How many games is this going to happen? Well, let's talk about week one against Baltimore when they lost 38-6. Yeah. to six, yeah. And Kareem Hunt had 13 rushes for 72 yards, four receptions for nine. Uh-huh. He's still involved in the offense no matter which way the game script goes. I think that he yeah. is a safer bet to be part of the game script no matter what rather than Nick Chubb, who gets game scripted out when they go down big. That is why I'm so high on Kareem Hunt. I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is the last two weeks, Nick (laughs) Chubb has dusted Kareem Hunt. I get it because the game script has gone in their way. But Kareem Hunt is the more (laughs) consistent play, in my opinion, because he's 
He's uh, what's the insulated from game script? That's my point. We'll see going forward. We still have we have a season long yeah, bet, and I'm excited to see season long how this all pans out. We've talked about prospects being QB, not QB dependent. He is non-script dependent. I'll give that yep. to you. So if you think the Browns are doomed and will be down 14, you might want to lean Kareem Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. That's the cut. That's as far as I'll go, I'll guy. Take it. I'll take it. Titans Vikings. Um, I think Justin Jefferson. This is how we're starting mm-hmm. off this game is the number one waiver wire pickup in all of fantasy football this week owned in less than 15 percent of leagues per espn and when you say number one waiver wire pickup uh when you talk in terms of fab in terms of budget Mm -hmm. i'm spending probably about 50 percent of my budget right now like if if you have a hundred dollar budget i would spend about fifty dollars on justin jefferson that's how important this is because i think that they like they've been pushing to get him more involved in this offense and they finally got it from him and they drafted him very high and this offense has needed it. And this team plays from behind so often that he's always going to be a part of the offense. And it's a two receiver offense. Like it is built to be a two receiver offense and he will be that number two receiver. And they've just been waiting for him to do this so they can go back to what they're trying to do. Seriously. Like, and I mean, and then you just look at the production, like he almost put up 20 yards per target. He was well over 20 yards per catch, almost 20 yards per target. He was dodging tackles. He was catching balls downfield. He was everything that you could have asked for him to be. Mm -hmm. You need to get your hands on him because he will be the key of this offense. And I I think everybody in Minnesota knows that and knows that they need to get him the ball. I'm in the league with some listeners, so I'm not going to show my cards. But, Guy, you <laughs> Come said... Come on. You said 50, <laughs> I'm in leagues with listeners as well. and I'm, You said 50%? Is... I would go as high as 70% of your waiver wire Woo! budget on this one. Khalif Raymond, I cannot believe he is doing this for the Titans. Well... But, yeah, not sustainable. Three targets, 118 yards. Not sustainable. Yeah. But still, I was, that was say, kind of out having of such insane volume on so, so few of targets, that's an outlier. It's a blip. I mean, it was uh, cool to see, yeah. but at the same time, no A.J. Brown. This is a game where, uh, obviously, like they, the score got run up with the yeah, Vikings. Yeah, no, we agree. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not sustainable, but still worth mentioning. And 100%. also, doing that is how you get more targets. Like, okay. that is how you get a fourth target or a fifth target in the Right, next game. right. Could he be playing his way into fantasy viability, especially for, like, dynasty leagues or what have you? Worth keeping an eye on. I would not buy or pick him up, pick him up right now unless mm-hmm. my bench is really looking desperate. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 16-team dynasty where I get points for returns, which I am in one such league. So Sounds I like at this him. point you're more likely to start Khalif Raymond than you are to start Kareem Hunt. And I'm hurt because of that. <laughs> I love You don't even answer yes or no. You don't even refute that. I'm waiting for you to be like, no, guy, you're crazy. And you're like, (laughs) next one. How personal that turned. No, I would would take Kareem Hunt. Of course. Of course. I just said I wouldn't even pick Khalif Raymond up. Okay. Final note on Vikings Titans. A bit of a Mia culpa from all of us because Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, they played outstanding in this one. Proved their worth as. Top 10 running backs going into the season. Yeah. And I do just want to say if you own Tannehill, um, it looked on paper like he had a bad game, but he did actually have, you know, performance wise, if you watched it, he still played very well. Um, This was just one of those games where Derrick Henry was just not going to be denied at the goal line. Um, I I would not necessarily be concerned right now as a Tannehill owner. So if you're getting skittish about it, uh, Don't. don't. And if you see him available on your waiver wire, and you maybe have an uncertain situation to quarterback, I recommend picking him up. Okay, Patriots, Raiders. Um, Hank, did you kind of predict that this Patriots offense was just going to be the old Patriots offense with a new school swing? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to own anyone that isn't Cam Newton in this offense. They stink. It's so bad how Belichick gives fantasy yeah, owners not like, nothing to count on. It's not like Rex Burkhead scored two Dude, touchdowns. like what? Yeah. Especially, oh. do you remember what I was saying about He's, Rex Burkhead last week? He scored week? three, by the way. Three. Oh, and Jesus. I was saying terrible things about Rex Burkhead. I said, uh, remember what I was saying? So. You, you should be picking up Damian Harris because <laughs> this offense has sunk I... to the point where 
Rex Burkhead is getting this many touches. I still believe that. And then that, this week, like I Rex still believe Burkhead goes out Damian and Harris. does what he did with those touches. Like this is well, crazy stuff. And, and, then and now, like Sony Michelle on nine carries goes off for a buck seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, are you, no, are you kidding me? Here, it's a joke. Yeah. And then I mean, it's no wide receiver with more than three receptions outside of Rex Burkhead. Burkhead? Yeah. I mean. Wacky, wacky stuff. And that's that's what concerns me more. I, I didn't expect to like any of the running backs. The receivers are, are what's so well, tough, especially I, after Edelman, Julian Edelman had the yeah, big week. Yeah. Nikhil Harry has had a, a big weeks. And I was ready. I and Last week, my big waiver wire decision, I guess it wasn't a waiver wire decision, but it was like trying to figure out, would you rather have Edelman or Nikhil Harry? And now it's like, oh, now it's like, is it neither? Because yeah. before, before they both looked like they were doing well, so well. I'm just, I just Edelman don't know where to go. shouldn't be on the waiver wire. If he's on your waiver wire, you should be picking him up. Yeah. But Nikhil Harry, I would, I would leave him for now. I don't know what to make of it. I will say in in deep leagues, especially dynasties, JJ Taylor, their third down, undrafted uh, running back, a guy we liked out of Arizona, do Henry, is a nice little pickup. Don't do this. Real quick. As a super buy low waiver wire candidate that'll appreciate in time, I really like Brian Edwards. We've been on him for a while. I think he's viable enough now, though, to where you need to pick him up. Hunter Renfro has a big day. If you're desperate, he's a decent play uh, for the banged up Raiders right now. Yep. Only 13 times did Cam Newton target a receiver, which is just crazy. After going off for what he did last week, Keep, keep Cam, like you're saying, but these receivers, the numbers just keep going crazy. It was to just, talk about what you're talking about. It though. was just a weird game, man. I mean, like you're saying, when he plays against better teams, I think he plays up to the competition. The Raiders, uh, I mean, oh, it's kind of hard to tell because obviously we don't like the Raiders around here, but they did beat the Saints on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I personally, I think that Josh Jacobs and Darren Wall are the only two that are worth playing on that yep. Raiders team. Yep. Uh, Josh Jacobs obviously had somewhat disappointing day, but you know I'm not concerned necessarily no, of if not. I have him on my team. Oh, yeah. Darren Waller is something to keep an eye on, but I think that on the whole, it was just a down week for uh, tight ends in general. So yeah. I wouldn't be that concerned because you just got to ride with yeah, them. What are your better options necessarily? You're <laughs> right. picking up ben like Waller. a Moali Cox yeah. or something like that, mm-hmm. which. Jimmy Graham, dicey. like I wouldn't start Graham over Waller. Yeah. I'm not nope. panicking. Like as like someone that. who has Evan Ingram, yes, I'm willing to take that leap at this point. But if you took a high pick on Darren right. Waller, I think if you, you had like a Noah now. Fant as your backup, then maybe you'd mess around with that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not worried about Waller. Bill Belichick took away the the Raiders' best offensive player. That's what he does. Big surprise. Yep. Let's if if Dumb. this happens again next week, then we can talk. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, Niners, Giants, the Giants, absolute fire sale. You don't want anything to do with this offense in fantasy. Niners, I mean, Jarek McKinnon, yes, he was one of my starts. He does well enough to justify that label. Jeff Wilson Jr., though, is this the number one waiver wire pickup at the running back position? I think so. 12 Mm. carries for 15 yards. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, he gets salvaged by the touchdown, that's what I'm right? Saying is I don't... And he gets a lot of utility in the passing game, though, really. I mean, it's just three targets. He made the most of it mm-hmm. 54 yards for a touchdown. I'm, I'm with you, but he's like the it's significant that he gets he these does. many touches in that offense, right? Yep, yep. I just think that. I mean, it, it, that's it what scared me of this up. offense all along, though, right? Yes. Like, there, are t- there are too many guys in front of him too many that within to two weeks will be back and yeah. in front of him. Yeah. Plus Debo Samuel. Yep. And, and this was also against the, the Giants. Giants. He, yeah. 12 carries, 15 <laughs> yards against the Giants. The you Giants. know, I, I get wanting to pick him up, and I think that maybe if, if you can't get any of the other guys throwing a claim, but definitely don't start him. Dre, you're laughing, but have you seen the Broncos as of late? They're I think that so bad. Jets, Giants, Broncos, so I think those are the top three picks right there in yep. some order. It's looking we're that way. The, we're a West New York, you could call us, with how bad yeah. our football yeah. team is. Um, I was just laughing, remembering three weeks ago when people actually thought that the Giants had people worth drafting uh, early in fantasy drafts. Shout, Very Slayton did have that one big you, game. Saquon. But yeah um, that too wow <laughs> you're just gonna kick a guy while you know, he's got a torn acl kick him while he's down mean, man i'm shook by that i apologize instantly i'm so sorry oh no uh, okay look you'll feel better already i put money on the indians they're down five one so there you go that's you my go. penance that's for you saquon that's for you saquon exactly <laughs> you're gonna um, come Brandon up in some real time 
Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. He the rookie no. receivers this week. Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. We'll get into T. Higgins as well. But, I mean, he we'll showed a lot of the things that got him drafted as highly as he was drafted. Yep. He's just so explosive. Yeah, and with the opportunities that offense has right now. Yeah, but that's Debo Samuel's role, and he's coming back within the next two weeks. Here's so. the other thing. Nick Mullins, that quarterback. Yeah. yeah, nice game against the Giants. I don't know how sustainable that is. Exactly. Obviously, be so, Brandon, I'm... I'll let somebody else spend big on that. It's, I mean, if you can get him, if you can put in like a speculative, like, you know, $5 bid on him and get him, then yeah, it also depends on who you're dropping. But I, I would rather someone else spend big on that. It's also, Giants. Worth noting always that, Giants. sure, the yeah, 49ers finally put yet? up 36. I think that's only the but, fifth time we've noted that. But every time, every time we talk about one of these players Have being good, say. should say, Giants and the 49ers have not looked nearly this good up to this point. Yep. And a rookie receiver having success could be more of a factor of who he's going up against. Next game I want to talk about the one tie we have on the slate. As our colleague Ryan Konigsberg was telling us, funny enough, last two first overall picks get a tie in their record before they get a W in their NFL debuts. If I was to guess, what would you guess the line would have been for Eagles Bengals to end in a tie. I mean, is it plus like 8000? It's really high. Plus 10000? I mean, yeah, it could I be mean, right in there. If you had that down, you would have really made some monster cash. And of course, but you know, at the same time you watch that game though, and you're like, well, Exactly. The Bengals don't deserve a win. They're the Bengals going <laughs> yeah. up against the Eagles. You watch the Eagles, and you're like, this team doesn't deserve a win against anybody. Like, they deserve to tie. Be careful, because uh, producer Allie is right downstairs. and uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always feel <laughs> bad. Watch what you but say. at the same time, it's I like, know, that is, it's just a bad football team. So, just like that, you know, you could get a long shot on a tie, like Bengals-Eagles to come through. Or you could just bet on the Broncos or your favorite player props that you heard here on the show. And you can do that all at the award winning the best of the best DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download that now and use promo code DNVR. When you sign up to get this can't miss offer, you can pick any team during week four bet $1 on them and win a hundred dollars. If they win, that's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code DMVR during sign-up. There are some nice ones like Seahawks against the Dolphins this upcoming week. So some really juicy opportunities here for you. The Rams have a really nice matchup as well for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-522. 4700. Okay, back to this tied game. Bengals, Eagles, quarterbacks, I, the best of the bunch. Miles can I just Sanders take this one real quick? I, a couple things. Uh, one, obviously, T. Higgins. Um, he had a big showing in this game, and that's because of two that, touchdowns. Yeah, I was I was high on him going into the season. And I think that this really spells the end of AJ Green, who is another guy that I was R. high R. on. So this kind of signals. The beginning of the end for AJ Green at this yep. point. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily drop him yet, but you should not be playing him until you see solid production from him. T. Higgins, yeah. I think, is worth an ad. Um, Tyler Boyd, 13 targets, 10 receptions. Uh, he, he didn't have as big a game as T. Higgins because T. Higgins got the two touchdowns. But, but the usage from Tyler Boyd for me, which is something that I talked about on the tailgate, incredibly encouraging so mm -hmm. if there's some way that you're able to get your hands on tyler boyd at this point i would actually be doing that because i see joe burrow every week improving um obviously there are problems elsewhere on that team um, which brings me to joe mixon um disappointing day actually disappointing first three weeks from him to be honest um as someone who has him Tough situation a for a back to be in with a team like the Bengals that are down so often, you know? Yep. It but is. also just not all that productive. Yeah. Like, you would think that when you are running the ball, that you'd be going up against some light boxes because you have to throw the ball. What's so crazy is that he put up 2.9 yards per carry, and the passing game wasn't all that bad. Like, he has kind of been a problem for this offense, and not just... Uh, I'm. Some of it, of course, is coming from the rest of the team not being spectacular, but I think that he is contributing to some of these losses for sure. I do want to say, though, and I, this will be my big thing for the week, uh, between him and another guy that we'll talk about later, Kenyon Drake, who are disappointing in the early parts of the season, 
they're getting a lot of volume. So Joe Mixon, he has, what, 17 attempts in this game, and there's nobody yeah. else. There's Three absolutely nobody else that's touching the ball besides no. him in that backfield. I think that now that we're seeing the passing game start to develop itself, it's going to op- open up more opportunities for Joe Mixon. I and think I think that's that moving part of forward, the problem. No, I think that moving forward, I think Joe Mixon will – I think he's going to reap benefits for you. And I think that between he and Kenyon Drake, those are my two big buy-low candidates right now for trades. It could be. I'm concerned that they have this backfield of Gio Bernard as clearly their receiving back. Joe Mixon, clearly they're back on first two downs. And they're just giving away what they're going to do as soon as they put that guy in the backfield. I I think they need to mix it up. Giovanni Bernard did not attempt a run. I was going to say. He never handed the ball. But three targets for 55 yards. Yep. Still. They use them so differently. They need to mix it up, Miller. I'd love to see Mixon get more touches. More? Um, he's getting set. He's fifth no, no, in the in league the right now in touches. Game, I should have said. In the but receiving. he's fifth in the league right now in touches. And I think that going forward, that volume, he's going to be able to produce something from that. It's Offensive been unfortunate the first three weeks. But moving forward, I think you bet on that volume. And he has the talent. And I, I think that if you can buy low on him right now, if there's an owner who's like a one and two and looking to shake things up and wants to sell Joe Mixon because they're frustrated, I would say jump on that. Yeah. Eight sacks allowed, 2.9 rushing yards per attempt. Some of it is the offensive line. You're focusing on the... It's, the uh, that Zach Taylor... The efficiency stats, not the volume. Needs the needs the running game to produce some more. We'll see if that happens. My only other note from this game, Greg Ward... Leading receiver for the for the Eagles. He's a former quarterback at Houston. Talented kid. He might be worth a, a late pickup in deeper leagues with all the injuries we've got going on at wide receiver. Especially Sean considering Watson, Dallas Goddard, Dallas both Goddard out yeah. for the Eagles. Huge. Huge. But it's still Carson Wentz at quarterback, and that concerns me a lot. So We got to find a, a Joe Mixon bet for bet? what you're saying. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We, how are we going to work that in? We move on to Texans Steelers. We got to find a quantifiable way. We got to find someone to pair him against. Maybe we'll find him in the next few matchups we go okay. through. Texans Steelers. Ugh, not much to write home about. Love that Anthony McFarlane got more opportunities here. Yeah. He was the one guy who I singled out from this game. Yep. Um, six carries, 42 yards. Uh, Targeted twice in the passing game, caught one for seven yards. Yeah. Looked good, though. Looked yeah. explosive. Um, the thing is, James Conner, 6.1 yards per carry on 18 carries. I really thought that James Conner would fade out of this offense. And I get we're only in week three. There's sure. still a lot of time sure. left. But I thought that he would struggle a little bit more than he has struggled. Um, is it too early to buy Anthony McFarland? I still don't think I'm there yet, even though I was so high on him coming out of Maryland. In a deep dynasty league where um, injuries have just destroyed my backfield in dynasties, it's a startup. So I always maximize wide receivers because they have a much longer shelf life than running backs who only last three, four years at their peak. I was forced to start McFarland, and I, I felt very lucky that he produced what he produced. Yeah, he, uh, per- and- I'm, I'm on the other side of this where I think that James Conner, even though he had a very good week, um, like you were saying, you expected him to fade out on this offense. So Mm -hmm. did I. But I still think that that's a very real possibility. And uh, I would look at this as sort of a blessing in disguise with James Conner. And if I have him, I would try to be selling him right now because I think this is the high point. And if I'm being a smartass, he's another guy who I'd say – Injuries around the corner, so that might, too. As well, might as well so, be ready yeah, with not the backup only is he plan. In the bad graces of his coach, mm-hmm. seemingly, um, there there's a lot of usage from Anthony McFarland, who had six touches, and Benny Snell, who had seven. Yep. And uh, James Conner, I mean, he had a good game, but I moving forward, I would not be happy um, with his situation. I don't even have him in any leagues, mm-hmm. but if I did, I would be looking to move him right now at his high point. Texans uh, giving up 188 rushing yards per game. That's the worst in the NFL. They've played so, some good teams, man, between Chiefs, Rams, uh, Ravens, and Steelers. Yep. You'd think that would be corrected, but, yeah, that's not a great sign. Nope. And our bet for who has the most fantasy points of those Texans wide receivers is going to come down to the wire. Because Randall This Cobb, is a really good one. Like, dude, that's an all-timer. I and love somehow that somehow we're bet. all going to yep. lose because it's going to be Randall Cobb. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> it is. All right, let's move on to Colts-Jets. Not too much to talk about in this one. 
Jonathan Taylor may be just a smidge underwhelming in a game where the Colts blew them out. There's time. He's still young. We forget no preseason. This is really his third NFL game. I guess my big takeaway is I'm a Braxton Berrios believer with Jamison Crowder <laughs> out. I am picking him up off the waiver wire. And uh, Jamison Crowder has a chance to come back hard. this next week, so I'll keep an eye on that. Love me some Jamison Crowder. Keep an eye on that. My big takeaway from this game is that... Michael Pittman's hurt, by the way. Yeah, and Usually, it's a bad one. I, I, what surprises well, me I is it's I don't the, have a take from this, Hank. Go. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, compartment syndrome. Same thing that happened to Raheem Moore back in the day, right? So something like that. But I wow. remember like when it happened to the Bronco, I think it was Raheem Moore. They're saying like he could have lost his leg. They're lucky everything happened. Michael Pittman sounds like he might be back Bummer, um, man. at some point, but it is scary. Um, is your take that Mo Ali Cox's value has increased? Guy? I, it has to be, right? Me? Well, that's a take. <laughs> Who else sure. could it be? My take Who else would could be, it be usually when you look at the schedule and you see very bad teams um, that your favorite players are going up against, you salivate and you're like, ooh, this is going to be a great matchup for them. I think the Jets are so bad that I almost don't want to play guys against them because they get game scripted out of it so quickly. This is a game where right. two pick sixes and a safety, and all of a sudden the T.Y. Hiltons and the Jonathan Taylors of the world, they, they don't get to do anything because the game is over before it even started, and the Jets are just that bad. And we've seen it in previous weeks for, with other guys. Yeah. I mean, Raheem Mostert went off. But then all of a sudden, there's other guys on the team that just don't get a chance to even see any production because the game's already over once one guy has taken the taken it out of them. So, and that's to, to me, what's so surprising is that Jonathan Taylor couldn't produce more. You know, in a game that you win 36-7, 119 rushing yards, which yeah. is is good, but you would think that it would have been more than that. But like I said. You're able to score so easily with the pick sixes and all that kind of stuff that you're, the offense is hardly even on the field because the defense can score. Yeah, yeah. the only uh, caveat to, to that would be if you play a team so bad as the, uh, say, Broncos, where that, God only knows it's going to happen in that game. So maybe Somebody's going to get Barrios. Trevor Lawrence. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, for reals. <laughs> we move on to Panthers Chargers. Actually, uh, oh, never mind. Sorry. Go on. Austin Eckler, man. I needed this. Mike Davis proving to be a quality pickup. Hunter Henry was a sit for me. Yeah, five of 50. Not great. Not terrible as I predicted. DJ Moore was another sit for me. He was fine. Two for 65. Nothing special. I don't have many takeaways from this, guys. No. The running back, carry split. Eckler had 12. Josh Kelly had Josh Kelly was eight. underwhelming. Yeah. But both around five yards per carry. But, again, yeah. just lacking the volume. Um which is surprising in a game where they were up this big that Josh Kelly, who's been more of their ground and pound up the middle guy, didn't get more touches. That's yeah. why I had him as a start. But 49 yeah. passing happen. attempts for Justin Herbert. That's what did it. All right. So you're not going to take a victory lap on Austin Eckler there? I'll take a, I'll take a victory lap all, all year on Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones mm -hmm. making me look like a genius. And that's the Andre Simone I know. Cardinals, Lions, what? In the world is wrong with Kenyon Drake. You have two minutes to explain it, and we need to move on, guy. I don't think there's anything wrong with him necessarily. I just mm. think that that's a very pass-happy offense. Uh, he's getting the fourth most carries in the league right now in terms of uh, running backs. Just in backs. front of Joe Mixon. Very nice. Yeah, one spot in, in front of him. Um, even with uh, Chase Edmonds right behind him. Chase Edmonds, over three weeks, only has 12 carries. So he's not seeing much involvement in that mm -hmm. offense either. It's mm -hmm. just a very pass-happy offense. Mm -hmm. I think that Kenyon Drake will bounce back. I think he'll see more involvement. I just uh, I, I'm not entirely sure, you know, why he's not producing as much as he should be. But I think that things will turn around for him. And for me, he's another by low candidate. I know that this seems like a I don't want to admit that I was wrong sort of thing. Oh, no, but I'm I do really want to double down on this and say I'm very confident moving forward that. If you can get him for a low price right now, he is going to bounce back because this is his absolute floor, but he's still seeing a lot of volume, and you follow those volume numbers. Just hasn't been explosive enough. Not enough big plays out of him. Longest run of the season, 16 yards. Longest catch of the season, 6 yards. In a pass-happy offense, he only has 5 catches. It's... 
It's, I, I That's wonder, the concerning part yeah. to me is I thought this offense would spread the ball so much. Mm-hmm. Instead, Hopkins has really monopolized the touches, which is why we made our colleague Ryan Koningsberg very angry. We told him not to start Andy Isabella. He followed our advice. <laughs> Terrible advice because Andy <laughs> Isabella had two touchdowns. On four um, targets for 47 yards. I mean, that's an anomaly. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's, it doesn't change things. Let's put a smile on that face, guy. Kenny Galladay comes back. The Lions win. He gets a touchdown, and he has a nice day. So, Kenny Galladay, we believe in you. We needed you back. Guy knew all along you'd be better than Sutton. You'd be better than DJ Moore. You'd be better than Juju Smith. Strap on tight, Kenny Galladay owners, because it's happening. All aboard the Kenny Galladay train. Any Adrian Peterson thoughts? Like, is he (laughs) worth picking up? Our he's on the waiver wire. Our buddy from the draft podcast, Jake Schwanitz, I think said it best on Twitter. I can't believe Adrian Peterson is the same species species as I. Technically speaking, yes, he is, but in truth, he isn't the same species as the rest of us. He is just a Martian. What he's doing at 35 is absolutely incredible. Um, More than picking up Adrian Peterson, though, I am completely staying away from the rest of that backfield. Agreed. I think that I'm out on carry on Johnson. DeAndre Swift doesn't look like he's up to the task quite yet. Maybe there's something behind Adrian Peterson and let somebody figure something out. Zero zero touches is not quite up to the task. That's a hot take right there. Uh, Yeah, that's that's what it is. Honestly, I think the Lions are just bad. Like I think that that's going to be the problem more than anything. Wow. I know they they beat the Cardinals, but I was just saying. In well, another yeah, way, they didn't... just won the game, and you're just yeah. They lost them some money. Them, too. Three picks thrown by Kyler Murray. That's going to do it most weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's still got some growing pains, but. All right, fellas. The game of the week, as far as receivers were concerned, Seahawks Cowboys, DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett were unbelievable on one side. Michael Gallup and not Amari Cooper, not CeeDee Lamb, but one Cedric Wilson. Of course. Blow it up with two touchdowns. That's why I had CeeDee Lamb as one of my starts, right? Because I knew it wasn't going to be Cooper with all the touches. I was right about that. I was just wrong about who would get them. It turns out to be Gallup and Wilson. Yikes. Um... And then, yeah, I mean, um, don't be too hard on yourself because nobody saw that like, coming. And also, CD, 11 and a half points in PPR leagues. It's not like that yeah, was a bad Yeah, no, week. not terrible, right. Um, and he was the number four receiver in terms of fantasy <laughs> points, putting right. up those numbers. That's you know, we talk about crazy, the Bills. Can man. they sustain having three, maybe four receivers? Oh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are doing Cowboys it. certainly can. Yeah, I'm a very happy Dak Prescott owner in fantasy. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, should be. Chris Carson and Ezekiel Elliott underwhelm here. Chris Carson hurt. We big news. Big guys news. like Travis Homer and other backup running backs. Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. You, Which yeah. one are you taking? Are you taking Hyde or Homer? I'm a Homer well, myself. Just let's, let's dial it back a second. I don't know what that <laughs> noise sorry. was, but let's yeah, dial it back just a quick second. Uh, that injury was not like a. Uh, it's not a normal injury. You saw the way he just grabbed his leg and twisted. Like he was an alligator trying to just dismantle his prey there. Uh, that's not. That's that doesn't say anything about Chris Carson's, uh, you know, his fragility or his uh, being prone to injuries. I think that was a freak sort of incident. wasn't an accident, but it was an incident. Uh, furthermore, it looked like the damage was going to be a lot more than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a chance to play in this upcoming week. I don't know if they actually will play him because they'll probably play it safe. But if you are going out of your way to try and pick up the next guy up in Seattle, you should know that it's probably only going to be at most a one-week rental, and there's a chance that he might not even get the full workload this upcoming week, and Chris Carson might come back and uh, eat into that slightly. So don't spend too high on whoever it is that you pick up. It would be Carlos Hyde that I think would get the most touches there, but just be very cautious of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Sound advice there. High-scoring game Sunday night, Packers-Saints. All right, so I guess Michael Thomas being out means two things. Drew Brees isn't great, though he still put up fantasy numbers in that game, and it means that Alvin Kamara is going to be spoon-fed touches and give you 40 points in a game, and it was delightful for Alvin Kamara. Can we we just talk about how Drew Brees arrived at those numbers? Because... 
it was Alvin Kamara just getting the ball and doing work and making Drew Brees look good. Like, I think Drew Brees was even walking off the field shaking his head on one of those touchdowns because he couldn't believe what he just saw. Yep. That doesn't say that Drew Brees still has it and that he's going to be productive moving forward. It just says that Alvin Kamara is that good that he can make other guys around him look good. But if Alvin Kamara has even somewhat of a down week, Drew Brees is going to be just like really at his floor. So yeah, I would yeah. not be thrilled with Drew Brees moving forward if I just if I watched the game instead of just looking at his stat line. Alvin Kamara had a like Reggie Bush at USC look to him in that oh, yeah. game. He was Seriously. that dominant. It was incredible. Um, you know, even so when Drew Brees was throwing to anybody but Alvin Kamara, he completed uh, 16 of 22 passes for uh, about 140 yards. Yep. A little yep. under 150 yards. Yep. And so just one touchdown. Those receivers, again, stay away. Same yeah. thing with Jared Cook. Until Michael Thomas gets back, then yep. even that seems like a gamble. I will be tooting my horn because of Aaron Jones getting me a touchdown once yep. again. Not a superb day for him. Want more <laughs> touches in the passing game, but I'll take it. Alan Lazard. Yeah. We've dabbled in Alan Lazard talk. It's full blownsies, as a doctor would say. Um, full blownsies? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's on. Alan yeah. Lazard is a dude that, that growth you on your want butt? on uh, your team. Yeah, right. that's full-blownsies. Uh, full-blownsies Alan Lazard, <laughs> sir. We're going to schedule surgery for Wednesday. <laughs> Can you make it in a window between 12 and 2? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's full-blownsies Alan Lazard. High-end pickup if by some miracle yep. he's not on your team and i'd pay attention because i think some people might be cutting uh marquez valdez scantling because he had such a down day those first two weeks were very big for him though averaging 15 16 17 something in there but that was per game Devontae adams in the lineup opposite him yeah but as as soon as somebody cuts him in your league i'd swoop him up on the uh waiver wire as well because this is certainly an offense that can keep marquez valdez scantling yep yep that's going right. to be like the day after the waiver day, though. Quick yeah. victory lap for Guy. We talked about Chris Carson. Carlos Edwards Hilaire outplayed him. So that's the second bet that I don't, I don't want to be excited about had. it. Yeah, because Chris Carson went down with an injury. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, I mean, it wasn't like an amazing game by any stretch of the imagination. But my biggest takeaway from that is that that's basically his floor. So, like, that's a game where, you know, You'd be happy if that's the lowest game that you're going to get from him. And I think that his ceiling is just like, if that's his floor, his ceiling is like, yeah. it's pretty immense. So yeah, I'm very enough. happy as a CEH owner that that's like, I think that's the lowest I'm going to see all season. I hope. I mean, I'm not going to wood, except for against the Broncos when he's going to be non existent. Right, 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 right. So we haven't, did we like, even talk about that? I watched film oh, did, yeah. really intently. And I crunched some numbers. Like, I stayed up all night doing this guy. Yeah. And my conclusion is Patrick Mahomes, really good at football. You whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I think it's a little too early to tell. That's what the Are data sure? says. Are you sure? That's what my data and expert analysis says. Okay. Lamar Jackson, I'm not panicking just yet no. after this game, also. That's also what the tape tells me. Agreed. Um, uh, especially, I mean, Mark Andrews. I mean, I get that there were. So there were three plays. Three plays where the ball hit him in the hands, one in the end zone, one on a post route that was a beautiful ball, only place it could have been. It's not a catch that every tight end makes every time, but when you're hyped up the way Mark Andrews is, you got to catch that. And And out of those three passes, to not get any of them caught, it's a bad look. And I'm not panicking on him either, but any of those would totally not only change the shape of the game, the Ravens would have stayed right in it, it changes what the stat line looks like for Lamar yep. Jackson and, of course, for Mark Andrews as well, who had a down day. But Important that was my point, point when we were doing our draft lead-up stuff. This is the case against drafting a tight end mm-hmm. that early. I mean, if you're taking one of the top two in George Kittle yes. and Travis Kelsey, which George Kittle, you should have known that there were injury out. concerns yep. going into it. But even then, I mean, you've got guys that are way further down the list right now that are outperforming Mark Andrews, and that's why you don't take wait, 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 one wait, of those wait, 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 middle wait, wait. tight ends. Mark Andrews was on fire, though, prior to this game. Was he? Yeah. I just and one to... drop. No, I guess you're right. Yeah. He was on fire week one, and he has fallen off a cliff since then. But not a, not, yeah. I mean, one Last drop, week but also he had one reception for 29 yards. Right. And that... Uh, no, you pay so that premium. He, he gets those touches those. to where I think he's worth that premium. 
But you had you had to take him in like the third, maybe fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has last week he yeah. had one reception for 29 yards, and this week he had three for 22 with some bad drops. For sure. Yeah. For I, sure. I think that once the Ravens play some bad teams, he's gonna pad the numbers. You know, he's yeah, he's a guy. This game who, should have been a high scoring game, man. This yeah. should have been a really good Could matchup for him. Could we bet Mark Andrews ends as a top five tight end versus your Joe Mixon finishes as a top what? Well, eight. Running I mean, back? no. He's getting top five touches, right? So it's bound to come back to, yeah, to top four. eight. Top eight is steep, though. Is it? I'll say with top, all the injuries, I would say like top fifteen. No, no top fifteen. Come on. I mean, the guys top at the 15, top are producing into so the well. Year we were saying top fifteen. Yeah. Oh man, that's what I'm saying. Is he rescues that? Okay, we're gonna original. mull over this Joe Mixon. We'll think about we it. We will have a lockdown bet on Mixon and Drake, and maybe Mark Andrews on our Thursday show, which is when we'll be taking most of your questions as well. Um, worth mentioning, J.K. Dobbins does have a nice day receiving and we're intrigued by his promise we're kind of buying jk dobbins stock early i think that does it for us guys i think it does all right thank you for tuning in we will be back on our thursday episode answering all your questions tune in next tuesday the nhl draft is going on that day just like the presidential debate is going on today so we'll we'll be adjusting and figure it out we'll go early Stay tuned. We'll let you all know. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you in two days.